Thanks, Danielle. We are in our second week of the Advent series, and uh, that's the passage we will kind of major on tonight. Uh, We'll jump around to Isaiah and a bit to Genesis as well, uh, but that is the the major portion. Uh, Let's uh, let's pray before we get to the the heart of the message. God, I, I thank you for the truth of the words that Danielle just read. Uh, I pray that you connect our hearts with those of the shepherds, Father, as they encountered your angel, Father, that fear overcame them and joy quickly overcame the fear, Father. And then they went to worship your Son. God, I pray that you would connect our hearts with that tonight. God, I pray against distraction. I pray against uh, things that might make our mind wander or even the coldness of tonight, Father, that we would not allow uh, circumstances to distract us from what you want to speak into our lives and to our hearts tonight, God. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the season where we stop and reflect upon who you are. In your son's name, amen. When I was about 12 years old, or 13 or so, um, a lot of you guys know I have a brother who's two years older than me, so he was 14 or 15. We decided it was a good idea to uh, go to the local convenience store, and uh, I don't really remember exactly how it happened, but we somehow acquired a pack of cigarettes. Uh, we, th- we thought that was a really good idea. Um, so my brother and I and... Uh, a bad influence friend of mine uh, decided to, to take these to a, a vacant lot next to my house. There's some like a, a vacant lot and down a hill with some woods. And so we, we had rolled a, a bunch of tree stumps down there and sat on tree stumps and smoked a couple cigarettes. Uh, thought that was a really good idea. And so the neighbor kid, another kid, uh, there's three of us down there. And one other kid walks by and sees what we're doing and... Uh, He's like, oh, you're going to be in big trouble. And, and so we decided the best way to get him to not tell on us would be to make him smoke one. And uh, we were all three bigger than Scotty was his kid's name. We were all three. Imagine that. I was bigger than somebody. <laughs> uh, we, were, we were bigger than him. Uh, but he was faster, and so we couldn't make him smoke one. And he ran uh, he ran straight to to my house. Um, uh, we didn't really. He just kind of ran towards my house, and I didn't know he was going there. But found out later that that's where he went. And so we we finished up smoking our cigarette. We we had planned to smoke the whole pack, but you know one was plenty. Uh, uh, so we walk home. Uh, get home. Walk in the door, and it's, you know, after school, sometime 3.34 now, and uh, my mom is, is sitting there, and she's got that, you know, disappointed mom look on her face, and she played the not I'm mad, I'm disappointed card, you know, and so she's really disappointed us, and, and she said, I'm so disappointed, I don't even know what to do. I've called your dad, and he said, don't do anything, I've got the punishment when, when we get home. And my mom had never done that before. She had never said, just wait till your father gets home. She had never done that before. 
until this moment. And, and so, in, in my, you know, little church kid world, smoking cigarettes was, you know, like murdering somebody. I mean, it was really bad. Um, so I was, you know, for the next hour and a half waiting for my dad to get home, I was totally, totally scared, just freaked out about what he was going to do to us. Um, so he walks in, my dad gets home, and I, I've just spent the last hour and a half completely dreading what's going to happen when my dad walks in. And he walks in, and he doesn't have the disappointed look that my, my mom had. He has the, what what's wrong with you? I'm going to lay down the hammer. Um, so we got... Uh, we got hit pretty good, uh, but the worst thing was we had probably I don't know what 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 comes in a, a pa- how many cigarettes are in a pack, but whatever it was, whatever was left of the pack of cigarettes, um, my dad made us, me and my brother together, split up and eat them. Yes. Uh, so so we ate like I don't know five or six cigarettes each, <laughs> and then we uh, no we didn't vomit. Surprisingly enough, um, and uh, <laughs> I didn't expect this sort of response. Oh my gosh! I'm calling family services. <laughs> uh, I, I never smoked again. Uh, so, um, and he also made us write twenty times each the Surgeon General's warning on the side of the packet, <laughs> which is really long. Uh, so, so that's what we did, and the point of that story is that I spent that hour and a half totally, you ever, you ever do something, you know a punishment's coming, or you do something, and you know something bad is going to happen, and just the, the pressure and weight, like a hundred pounds on your shoulders, and you just, you, you try and think of other things, but you can't, and it's just miserable. And that's how, where I was, because I knew my dad was coming to lay the hammer down, and uh, and he did, uh, as you guys all, oh my gosh, have attested so far tonight. And and I, I believe that a lot of our lives, we spend thinking of God the way I was thinking of my dad for an hour and a half. We, we spend this, this whole time, we live our lives in this sort of relationship with God, thinking fearful of his punishment of us. Like, oh man, I really screwed up. And for my 12-year-old church boy self, cigarettes were the worst thing that I could do. And I, I spent that whole time totally fearful of, of my dad and what he was going to do. And we many times treat God that same way. We do something stupid. We sin. We do the big thing. We do a little thing. Whatever. We spend an hour and a half to three months to a lifetime fearful of what, how God is going to punish us. But the, the truth is, the punishment that God poured out, it's, it's not ours. It's Christ. He, he already poured it out. And that's the, the beauty of Christmas, the beauty of, of this time, it is God has come to replace fear with joy. God is always about replacing fear with joy. In the verses that uh, that Danielle read, 
Luke 2, 9 and 11, 9 through 11, it says that, that they were fearful of, let me read it here. Verse 9 through 11. The Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. God is about replacing fear with joy. Their immediate response when they are encountered with what they believed was God Himself. It was an angel of the Lord. And the the wording there, an angel of the Lord, means I'm speaking the words of God. This is a prophet. This is somebody who's speaking the words of God. And their immediate response to an encounter with, with God is fear. And God's words to them, don't be afraid. I'm coming to bring you joy. I'm coming to replace your fear with joy. That word fear in Luke 2 is the Greek word phobeo. And phobeo means fear that elicits a response. Not just fear, but fear that is so deep and profound that it elicits a response. And their response is to cower, to turn away. And and remember, this is there have been 400 plus years of silence from God. There is darkness and silence in the world of God at this point. The prophets had been silent. And every, nothing had been happening from God speaking to His people until this angel of the Lord comes and says, Fear not. Joy is here. The Messiah is here. I am announcing to you that the Messiah is here. Bill is a commentator uh, who wrote a commentator commentary on the New Testament. It happened to be Jonathan Edwards' pastor. So this is hundreds of years old, these words. They, meaning the angels, were conscious to themselves, of their own sinfulness and frailty. And here is, here's the thing that I want us to relate to, each of us to relate to. We, so often, meet God in this way. Just like my story, I was so scared. That was the, the longest hour and a half of my life, is waiting there for my dad to come home because I was so scared that he was going to come, and he was going to do what he did, make me do something I really didn't want to do. Uh, and, and it was a fear that elicited a reaction, and my reaction was to just hide and be... And I spent the whole afternoon cowering in my room, thinking of different things I was going to have to do, and, and how I had totally disappointed my dad, and how I had blown it. And I, I, I was the good little boy, but I really did. I wanted to be... A good kid. I wanted my parents to 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 say, "Hey, you've been a good kid." It was desperate for me to do that. And and all the time we connect with this response of these shepherds. I am fearful, but the voice of God, the angel of the Lord, says, "Don't be afraid. I haven't come to do you harm." I've come to announce that the Messiah is here. And when when he says the Messiah is here, the long-awaited one, the one that I have anointed to come and bring salvation to you, he's here. Fear not. Sin is gone. I'm going to pour it upon my son. Fear not. He is here. 
God always about replacing joy, replacing fear with joy. He did it on that first Christmas, and he also did Isaiah. In Isaiah 6, 1 through 7. I'm going to read the whole verse if you want to turn there. If not, I'll just one. In the year that King Uzziah died, I, Isaiah, saw the Lord upon a throne, high and lifted up, the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations and the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. I want to stop for a second there. And this is very similar to the, the angels on, or the, the shepherds on the hillside. Is it, it's just darkness and, and nothing much going on. And then God shows up, and the voice of God shows up, and it's really powerful. And, and get the, the picture of, of all that's happening there. And the voice of the Lord is, is speaking, and it's there. And it's, and it's a, a big, huge deal. Isaiah and the shepherds were encountered with God in the presence of God. And just like the shepherds, Isaiah's response is one of fear. And I said, Woe, am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. His response is just like the shepherd's response. And it's just like our response. Our fallen nature wants to hide from God when we do wrong. When we are encountered with God, we want to hide from Him. We want to run from Him instead of running to Him. But God has has sent Jesus, and we celebrate this season of hope and joy and peace and love. We celebrate the season of that because this is Jesus who has come to this planet. And here tonight, we think of joy. We land on joy and how God has always been about from the beginning of the, of the Old Testament until the end of the New Testament and even here on this day in 2009. God is about replacing fear with joy. It is the gospel. When we look at our sin, we see our wretchedness. We, we gathered tonight for, for prayer gathering and had a chance to just read scripture that God had been speaking into our lives. And, and Vince read, wretched man am I. And it goes on to say, there is therefore now no condemnation. The, the pattern of, of life of man is, I'm made aware of my sin, made aware of my, my depravity, my unworthiness to be in the presence of God, and God overcoming that and redeeming us, bringing redemption to us. And just like those shepherds and just like Isaiah, Our immediate response is this phobeo, this fear that elicits a response of hiding or just trying to to stay away from God because I'm not ready to be in your presence. But God does something in the shepherds and he does something to Isaiah. Verse 6 of Isaiah 6. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. The steps are fear, then followed by joy, because God has provided a way. But 
But do more than just connect with, with this fear response. In Isaiah, he says, not only am I unclean, but I live among unclean people. We, in our lives, live, we're messed up, and we live among people who are messed up, and that makes us all even more messed up. Think of damaged relationships that you have. Because you're messed up, and they're messed up, and we live among people that are messed up. There is drama, there's strife, there's war, there's disease, there's broken relationships, there's distrust, there's selfishness, there's dysfunction everywhere. We hear the term dysfunctional family, that goes in that context. But that word dysfunction means family is not operating the way it was intended to to operate. This earth, our relationships with God and our relationships with people don't operate the way they're supposed to. There is dysfunction. And it all has to do with our sin. And our response in our dysfunction is to hide. When, when we, I, I, I think about my immediate reaction to my wife when we get into some sort of argument where she's out of her mind or I'm out of my mind or we're both a little bit out of our mind or, or whatever it is. And the dysfunction that's there and the separation that we feel. It's, it's, it's prevalent. And, and in the midst of me being angry or yelling or getting upset and, and just don't talk to me, whatever, I, I sense in myself that I am I'm causing more friction, more damage in this relationship by my reaction, by my response. But the beauty is that Christ has broken into our world. We celebrate this thing, the coming joy. That's the the title of of the message tonight, The Coming Joy. In the midst of of this world filled with dysfunction, and I I love my wife desperately, and I don't ever want to cause pain to her. But I do it daily. I do it many times daily. It's because there's messed up dysfunction in my heart and messed up dysfunction in her heart and messed up dysfunction in our kids' hearts. Messed up dysfunction in your hearts. And we all rub up against each other and create even more and more and more and more dysfunction. The coming joy. God is coming to to replace that brokenness, to replace that fear with Himself. So that we don't have to spend the hour and a half that I spent waiting for my dad to get home. We can spend our time on this planet waiting for our dad to get home in an excitement. Not in a, oh my God, what is he going to do to me? That's, that's what God sent his son Jesus to bring. That sort of redemption. Replacing the drama, the strife, the war, the disease, the broken relationships with, with words like hope and peace and joy and love. It's what we celebrate when, when we have come together as a body of believers to, to stop all of the the Santa Claus and shopping malls of this season, and instead focus in on the hope and the joy and the peace, we can connect with the beauty of that. And that's where we hope to go. God is about replacing fear with joy. He did it on the first Christmas. He did it with Isaiah. And He did it with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are sitting in the garden, naked and unashamed, Scripture says they're naked and unashamed, and it's a the 
the word picture, the, the, the theory there is that they are completely aware of who they are. And that, that doesn't bring any shame to them. I can expose everything about me to you and feel com- completely comfortable that I am protected in my relationship with you. Naked and unashamed. But they eat of the apple. In verse 8, they eat of the apple or eat of the, the fruit and they suddenly realize that they are naked and they have shame in their, their, in their lives and in themselves. And then God comes around in verse 8 of chapter 3 of Genesis. It says, Adam says, I heard the sound of you talking to God. I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid. There's our fear word again. Because I was naked and I was ashamed and I hid myself. Do you see the, the reaction? And here's the thing. I think we can, I've said this a few times already tonight, that, that we are the response of the shepherds the response of Isaiah, the response of Adam and Eve is fear and shame. And a lot of times we can think, well, maybe that was them, but, but I'm so in touch with the gospel, I'm so in tune with the gospel that I'm, I'm not fearful, I'm not shamed. I, I think it, if we did more real mining work into our hearts, we would come to the realization that, that we are shameful. We, we are keeping God at a, at a distance when we are overcome with our own sin. But the beauty of, of all of this, the beauty of, of Christmas, and the beauty of this message, and the beauty of, of, of Scripture, of, of the story of Adam and Eve, of the shepherds and of Isaiah, the beauty of that is that it's, it's gospel written all over it. I'm thoroughly, fully aware of my own depravity, and God initiates the action to change that. The angel comes, the shepherds fear. The angel speaks, don't be afraid. And they are no longer afraid. And what do they do? Their response is to stand from where they are to to Mecca, to make a pilgrimage, to go and worship this newborn king. They go with haste, it says. Fear God does something, saying, don't be afraid, which elicits a response from these shepherds, go and do, go and worship God. Isaiah, his first response is, woe is me. I'm messed up and the people around me are messed up. God sends the seraphim to take and touch his lips with the the coal and, and heal him and change him. Fear, God makes a response and then he responds with, send me. Here am I. Send me. Fear, God responds, then we respond to God's response. And in Genesis, sin has caused this fracture between God and Adam and Eve. They run and they hide from God. But God provides a sacrifice for their nakedness and shame. At the end of in verse 21, it says, He clothed them with... They, he, he killed an animal and He clothed them with, with that. So they were no longer naked. They temporarily covered... Shame. It's not perfect, but God still provided this outlet. God is always about replacing fear with joy. John Piper, you guys know he's one of my favorite pastors and authors. He says this, The message of Christmas is fear not. 
Do we, do we see that? You're going to be bombarded with Christmas carols and you're going to be bombarded with, with shopping malls and you can't watch TV without somebody saying you've got to buy this product because it's going to make your life better. You're bombarded with that. Buy this gift for someone. Here's a great gift idea for somebody. All these things. Marketing is just bombarding us. The message of Christmas is fear not. God is ruling the world for the great good of His children. Believe His promises. Connect with the shepherds. Connect with Isaiah. Connect with Adam and Eve. Connect with with me in my bedroom as a 12-year-old. Fearful at the hand of the Father. But God's reaction is, I'm going to redeem. I'm going to restore you. He promises to redeem, to restore you. That's the message of Christmas. I want to read you a, a of of verses of God's promises. This is a quote from God. Fear not, for I am with you. Let's not breeze through this one. God speaking to you. God speaking to you. Fear not, for I am with you. Just like the angel said to the shepherds, just like he spoke to Isaiah, just like Adam and Eve, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Believe His promises. Wait for God. In this season of Advent, when we wait on God, believe those promises. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Do not be anxious about your life. What's going to happen in your marriage, what's going to happen in your job, what's going to happen in your relationship with, with your family, what's going to happen with any estranged relationship, what's going to happen with, with my life, what's going to happen with the sickness that's overcoming me, what's going to happen, what, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall wear, cast your anxieties on God because He cares for you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom the key to God's replacing fear with joy is us trusting Him. That He is able to do what He's promised. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? As we close tonight, I want to go back to that hillside. There's the the shepherds on the hillside. 400 plus years of darkness. 400 plus years of silence from the voice of God. The shepherds minding their own business, doing their job, going about life. 
And the voice of God breaks through the silence, breaks through the darkness, and speaks these words that I just spoke to you. Fear not. Don't be afraid. I have come to bring you good news of great joy. Imagine the the mundane, day-to-day life. These shepherds are just on a hillside doing the same thing they did last night and the, the previous hundreds of nights. Mundane, doing their jobs, another day in their life. Out of the darkness and out of the cold, the voice of God speaks to them. Proclaim that Jesus is here, the Messiah, the Anointed One. The One who's come to, to rescue you from the bondage that you're in. To rescue you from the mundaneness of your life. And bring you perfect joy. As we think about them, as we try to relate to them, life is mundane, life is difficult, life is relentless. No matter what you do, tomorrow morning is going to come. No matter what you do, Tuesday morning is going to come. Life is relentless. And in the midst of that, understand and know this. Redemption is secure. And it's known now only in part. Because God will bring us to His throne room. And we will know redemption in full. When the faith shall be sight, as the old hymn goes. Jesus came to bring you redemption here and now, and that you can have relationship with God again, but the full redemption is yet to come. And that's the second piece of waiting for the redemption of God. That The shepherds were waiting for, for Christ to show up the first time. We are waiting for Christ to show up the second time. And our redemption is known now only in part, and one day will be known in full when we are no longer messed up people living among messed up people. We are glorified people living among glorified people in the presence of Almighty Holy God, living perfect joy. No more hurt, no more disease, no more dysfunction. There is a time when we will be fully redeemed. I want to close by reading my favorite psalm in light of all that's been said tonight and all the the season of, of Christmas and Advent and and waiting on God to come and redeem. Let these words wash over your spirit. Since the fear, since the hope, since the redemption that come through these words, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Listen close. I wait for the Lord my soul waits, and in His Word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. 
O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love and with Him there is plentiful redemption. And He will redeem Israel from all His iniquities. Full and plentiful redemption is coming. Jesus will return. Wait and expect. Joy like you've never known awaits you. God is about replacing fear with joy. Let's pray. Perfect Lord and wonderful Father, I thank you for this season to stop and to reflect, Father. God, I ask that you would shelter our minds from consumerism and our overly marketed Western society. Shelter our minds from it, God. And in place of that consumerism, would you pour in the wealth of hope, the wealth of joy, the wealth of peace, and the wealth of hope that your Son brought to this this earth. God, connect our hearts with, with your characters of Scripture with the shepherds, with Isaiah, with Adam and Eve. Connect our hearts that our response is to run from you, to hide from you, to be in fear of you, to be scared of your punishment. And Lord, may we connect even deeper with Isaiah at the end of his book, when he writes prophetically, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. God, may we not be fearful of punishment of you, God, but instead filled with joy that you brought through your Son, Jesus Christ. Attack our hearts. Attack our fear with the gospel. That while we are wretched, we are fully accepted. And may we as the shepherds and as Isaiah progress through from fear to joy to response. The shepherds' response is to go and worship. Isaiah's response is to go and serve. God, connect our hearts with that, God. We desperately, desperately want to commune with you. Guide us now as we respond. In Christ's name.